A very happy hello to you on this November 25th, 2017, a Saturday. My name's Scott Lowe, and I'm so thrilled to be sharing the first public conversation recording. You might have noticed a week or so back that I put out an announcement inviting anybody to participate, and Barbara KB was the first to take up the offer and meet for a recording. A couple of other people have contacted, and I'm in the process of negotiating times and dates. A little technical note before we begin. Our conversation ran 55 minutes total, and of that 45 minutes was the actual transmission. And from that, I was able to edit a few more minutes out through eliminating pauses and clicks and a couple of dead ends that I led us into. I think that's all I need to say for now, except that if you find what you are going to listen to interesting and agreeable and you would like to participate in one of these in the future, then by all means, please get in touch. My name's Scott Lowe and just press the call-in button or leave a comment on this introductory track and I'll get back to you. All right, Barbara KB, thank you so much for joining me. It was a thrill, it was a lot of fun, and I learned some stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody, and please enjoy. This is your new old radio friend, Scott Lowe, and I'm testing out this new Record Your Friends with Self feature or something like that. And I'm just totally delighted to have on the line Barbara KB. Barbara, can you hear me? I can hear you, Scott, loud and clear. Welcome to the call. Well, thanks, Scott. This is exciting. Well, yes, it is. It is. In fact, I'm a little nervous, I'll confess. Wow, really? Oh, no. Oh, no, Scott. Hey, I'm, I'm... You're my new old radio friend, but I'm Barbara KB from Cincinnati, Ohio. We're mm. just really nice, laid back, Midwest people here. The nervousness is not about you. It's just about oh. me and realizing that people might listen to this. And just, you know, oh, for the last, oh. the last three hours, I've been pacing around the room. Oh, going, no. oh, I hope I don't choke. I hope they don't hear the oh, flop no. sweat. <laughs> no, 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 no such thing. Excellent. Excellent. Now, have you done many of these uh, recorded calls since Anchor introduced it a few weeks back? No, it's new to Anchor, new to me. They introduced it, I don't know, what, a month ago? I was kind of on a Anchor hiatus. So no, haven't done any of them at all. A few people have asked me, but I've sort of avoided it, <laughs> quite frankly, because I thought, Ugh, you know, but when I saw on your station that you were offering it or that you wanted to do it, I went, well, that's who I want to have a conversation with. So, Scott Lowe, I'm doing this because I saw that you wanted people to do this. And so I thought Scott Lowe would be perfect. Well, that's so sweet of you for a couple of reasons. Yeah. One, one, that you even take the time to listen to my station. 
and two, that you heard that offer and it compelled you to do something that you were ambivalent about beforehand. And for me, the third and most exciting thing about this whole conversation is that this is a worldwide exclusive Barbara KB's maiden voyage on the there Record you, Yourself. There you go. You got me to do it, Scott Lowe. You know what that means, Scott Lowe, in the world of online marketing? You I, are an inf- influencer. Oh, my. <laughs> you are. That's what that means. That's all that marketing influencer means is you can get people to do things. Mm-hmm. And you got me to say, you know what? I need to do the anchor interview feature. Scott Lowe would be perfect for this. Well, this is interesting. We, we had a couple of ideas about what we might talk about, but I, I just, I'm thinking about that term. I remember you, mm-hmm. you asked us in the past when, you, when I first discovered you, when you moved over to Anchor 2, you were talking about anchor influencers <laughs> and asked your listeners to suggest their anchor influencers. And I think mm-hmm. I had a couple at the time. I did a couple of different wave recordings about that. Also burning up the time. So after this, you can lead the conversation, however, and for as long as you wish, and we'll, we'll make up what we, what we may. Stuffing versus dressing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> I'm sure anybody you talk to would say that their mom makes the best stuffing ever or call it mm-hmm. dressing. I don't mm-hmm. know. My mom always did it in the bird and in a casserole. We called okay. all of it stuffing. And it was always my favorite part of Thanksgiving. And as I told you before, I've not been back for Thanksgiving in 25 years. So I miss it. But I still remember her stuffing or her dressing. Do I have a question? I don't know. But, you know, it was the breadcrumbs. I think it was, uh, Mm -hmm. I forget the brand, not Pepperidge Farms or something, but a big bag of the breadcrumbs, (laughs) blue coloring on the cellophane, the celery, the onions, maybe some other vegetables, lots and lots of butter, and Jimmy Dean sausage. Okay, this is all run-of-the-mill stuffing. But she put in dried apricots, chopped up in little bits. And that just added a sweet little twang that I loved. And 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 we were a small family, so because of the casserole that she did, there was just this load of stuffing that would last (laughs) the whole week. So I just... Wow. It was awesome. See, and that, to me, the sausage just made my head spin and explode mm. no stop no sausage nothing just a simple a bread stuffing okay and then you just pour lots of gravy all over it <laughs> okay okay it's all and good make, yeah well i'm going back in december so hopefully i can talk her into making a batch of the stuffing while i'm there now where is back home oregon oh no how come i didn't know that why am i thinking chicago uh, probably because you're thinking of that truck driver guy that you've started listening to now, Kingfish. Can we talk about him for a minute? You're in charge for the rest of the recording. I, I love... How did you discover Kingfish? Let's begin with Scott Lowe. How do you discover new stations on Anchor? <clears throat> well, I listen to Barbara BK. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who's that? Uh, yeah, Barbara. You caught me, Barbara KB. <laughs> I heard a call-in from Kingfish on your station maybe a week and a half ago. Oh, so it was me. And I thought, oh, here's one of those guys making the mm-hmm. obligatory call-in because that's what everybody does. And, you know, I just, I kind of dismissed that. But then this past week, Paul Omani featured him as he was uh, in, in, in Nebraska. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, God bless Excuse you. Me. <laughs> Gesundheit. Excuse me. Excuse me. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it was Robert O'Neill. That's who I mm. heard it. It was Robert O'Neill. He's a curator. He's yes. a discoverer. Yes. 
What do they call it in the in the rock and roll recording industry? An A and M man, A and M. There you go, <laughs> Robert O'Neill. Oh, the oh A and M. All right, that's a good, that's a good way to describe him. I've been listening to the Kingfish a lot recently, and I think he has so much potential here on Anchor. Just he's got that beautiful voice. He's got an yes. ability to put his sentences together in a no. coherent way. He's got a very lovely and endearing personality, and he's I got. Like- He's got just the most wonderful uh, backdrop for stories because he's everywhere. <laughs> and I, I, just, think I can't wait. I think to... he's your he's your next interview. He's let's you know someone's got to interview him. I think or no. somebody already has. I think he's done it with oh. uh with, oh, with uh, KT. We did it uh, with KT. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if anybody wants to talk to me, they're they're more than welcome to get in touch mm. and. Uh, but not an interview, Barbara, just a conversation. Okay. All right. Just excuse me. The yeah. conversation. Okay. So that's, that's the kingfish. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, discovering well, these we've, we've had truckers before on Anchor. There was a guy, I think, early on that was on Anchor. There have been a couple of truckers in the past. Um, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. that sounds. There's a couple of truckers <laughs> that have come and, come and gone in the past. Um, I love it. Because it just think about that life. It's a, it's a different kind of life. And it makes sense that audio would be just wonderful for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And he, he's, he's got all of the, he's got the complete toolkit to, to go very far in audio storytelling. So I, right. I, hope, I Let, hope he pursues it. Let's truck back to Oregon. All right. So where in Oregon? Eugene. Eugene. Wow. So you were born and raised there. No, that- I, I was born in Miami, FLA. And at the age of 10, at the age of 10, my mom and my stepfather uh, decided to go back to his home state. And that's where we went, to Oregon. And so tell me a little bit about your radio career. What do you want to tell us about your radio career? You know, maybe your most proud moment. Tell me a little bit. My, I'm not going to answer that exact question. I'm going to answer the question before my, my, why radio is in my blood or my DNA. When I was a kid, my, my mom divorced when I was very young. And I spent a lot of time with grandparents and great-grandparents. I had a a great-grandfather who was just an amazing guy, a storyteller. He played a ukulele. And I would spend time with he and his wife, who was his fifth wife, who I called Grandma Gladys. He he was a character, a guy who had five wives, blah, blah, blah. I was just going to say, that's a story. Yeah, and only one of them died, his first wife. His second wife died. Um, but all the rest, you know, anyway, that's not the story. But I was in his room at, at his uh, house where he lived with Grandma Gladys. He had his own bedroom. And there was a picture on the dresser of a handsome young man standing in front of an airplane. And he had tweed pants that went down to his calf. I guess they called them knickers back then. And the Argyle <laughs> socks and two-toned shoes and a leather aviator's jacket and a helmet, a thin Earl Flynn-type mustache. And then the plane behind him said, the voice of the sky in big black letters. And I said, Grandpa, who's that? And he said, that was me, Scott Lowe. I said, well, what's the voice of the sky? And he said, back then, this would have been in the 1920s, he would go up in that airplane a couple of times a week, and it had a transmitter. And it would fly over the New York City area, and they would turn on the transmitter, and he would step up to the microphone in the soundproof booth that they built for him, and he would play his ukulele. He said, hello, New York. This is ukulele Freddie Bell, the voice oh of the sky. Gosh. Oh, and the, my gosh. The plane was owned by the R.J. Robbie Reynolds from R.J. Reynolds yeah. Tobacco Company. 
And this was one of his marketing schemes because right, radio marketing, yeah. yeah, influencer. So yeah. radio was new back then. And, you know, people, people so who were hobbyists. Can I, can I, what year would that have been? The mid twenties. Mid twenties, right. Okay. Mid twenties. So people would have been having these homemade sets where they're tuning in with a, with a cat whisker is what they called it. Yeah. And like right. sudden, suddenly there's a signal. There's something. It's not like tune into 850 on your dial around the no. clock. No. So people are always finding them. So this transmitter would come on on a certain frequency at certain times, and then there was Freddie Bell. So that story has just been with me for all of these years, and it just wow. sort of has created all sorts of dreams and imaginings about radio. Wow. What was your favorite radio station growing up? What, what did you enjoy listening to the most, or the types of things that you liked listening to on radio? Well, as a kid, I liked... Uh, I liked Top 40. Oh, Casey Kasem. I guess Casey there Kasem. There you go. There you uh, go. For our, <laughs> for our millennial audience, they might not remember Casey Kasem. Go but look he, him up. Wikipedia. He did America's Top 40. This is a countdown yeah. of all the, the pop songs that were on AM. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. And he would say, okay, we've got a long distance dedication, <laughs> like a soldier <laughs> somewhere in Germany wanting a song for his girlfriend back in, I don't know, Dubuque, Iowa. <laughs> a long story, drawn out story. That guy was so good. I just and I I, I liked listening. Oh, I, I just like listening to the local AM stations and yes, hearing because yes. back then there were personalities. We had Uncle That's Fuzz. Right. Uncle Fuzzy was the morning man on our <laughs> station. Right, right. And right. you know I didn't know what they were talking about, but just hearing these people and they were talking about my town. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So I was always listening. I was always calling in when there was a contest or requesting songs. Yeah, just like a lot of kids, I think. And I would make okay. record make tape recordings of the radio. Then I would do my own tape recordings of myself, trying to announce ooh, songs. Ooh, so let's go into equipment. What kind of equipment? See, I want you to start talking about equipment because Scott Lowe knows radio equipment more than, than he even lets on. What, what, what are some of your early pieces and memories of, let's say, a transistor radio? Or do you remember what some of the names of the equipment were that you had? That's, I was just thinking of transistor radio. My, uh, my stepfather got a very nice high quality radio shack transistor radio you know if you can imagine radio shack being high quality yeah but back then they actually were and it had am and fm and it looked kind of like a military walkie-talkie with the, the design on the case this was yeah. mid-70s and i loved that thing and i would just tune it and had an earpiece on it but really for me was discovering tape recorders and oh. he had a sony reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder that was portable and the little reels were three-inch clear plastic spools. And he got that because he used to send tapes back to his family in Oregon. He was in Philly for his, uh, for his residency, and then he moved down to Miami to work at the VA hospital. But he used that machine to make recordings and send them back. But he wasn't using it anymore by the time it fell into my hands. And I would just talk into that and record music from the transistor radio into it. And uh, that was a Sony. And... Uh, Wow. I, uh, well, yeah. I worked with the Sony Splicer I, in college. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Some of us actually studied this in college. And I completely remember, you know, I had a really old one professor, an old radio professor at Michigan, Gublo, and he, we had to do all the splicing and dicing. That was actually a really great class. And a lot of it is because it really taught me just the basics and the mechanics of that sort of recording. And it actually, there's a certain sound. I still have those reels. I actually had my senior year in college, 
I did an internship and I had a radio show, believe it or not. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And it was, and I had to splice and dice everything together on these reels. And that's back in 19, well, that was back in 19, 1982, let's say. Okay. Um, Okay. So, yeah. And then, of course, cassette and then eight track. And yeah, I'm definitely a tape person because, and so I'm part of that generation of, you know, really it was on demand. You know, it was a certain sort of on demand. So I was so blown away when I, I didn't do a, a course of study in college. But while I was in college, I volunteered at the the NPR affiliate at a community oh. college in my town. And the news, the, the news director's name was Trip Summer. And I volunteered at the I news department. Can I just say something, Scott? You are amazing at remembering people's names. I'm just going to throw that out there. You remember names like nobody's business. I love that about you. But go well, ahead. Well, thank you, Barbara BK. That's nice that's of you to say. Really, no, and that and it's true. That's really it's a gift I do not have. You have that. That's an incredible talent. But go ahead. Back okay. to your story. We said twenty minutes, right? <laughs> no, I'm or, not keeping time at all. Go ahead. Well, maybe we'll serialize this in two parts. But you were just talking about splicing for your assignments in this college course and going to the station. I knew that that was a possibility. I'd never done that before. But when he showed me how to do it, I was just blown away with how perfect the sound was. That yes. You, you, if, yes. You, if, if you worked it right, you know, you have to play it back and forth a few times. Yes. You're playing it in reverse. But if you find the right pause oh. and put it together, when you listen back, you never would notice. And I guess gold. It's, the, it's a gold this, moment. Yeah, the same experience with Photoshop the first time you, like, erase an old boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> from the picture. No, but, it's not the same. But it's, a, well, maybe. Hmm, I hadn't thought about that. That's, that's an interesting analogy. <laughs> well, you, you, just, you just realize, for on one level, it makes you realize that you can't trust anything you hear or see no, anymore, that no. it can be manipulated. And it's been manipulable for forever since motion pictures. Mm-hmm. But when you're the person there looking at it and listening, experiencing it, it is. It is a powerful. It can be a powerful thing, and it certainly was for me. It sounds like it was for you. I never got very far with that that craft because I was just a volunteer, and I just had minimal amounts of editing. And I realized that to do really intricate stuff, you, it would take a lot of work and organization because you'd have all these little strips of tape hanging up with little stickers on them to tell you what they were, and then try to put them back in sequence, just like editing a film, I imagine. But oh, it ju- is. Fast forward to, you know, the last 15 or 20 years with programs like Audacity or other audio editors, nonlinear editors, or or even for film as well with iMovie, all of that drudgery is removed and you can get the same effect by cutting out the pauses and repositioning the pieces. And uh, we we have so much more horsepower today (laughs) with the the computing technologies, but are we using it to its fullest? Well, that's that's a whole other story. But there you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. Hey, well, tell me more about being a teacher. Tell me, tell me about being a teacher, first and foremost. What got you into, or, or in, into um, education as, as, a, as a trainer, perhaps, as a corporate educator? How would you describe yourself in your career in, in that area? I'd love to hear about that. That's fascinating to me that you do that. Oh, dear. How would I des- describe myself? Yeah. I think I would describe myself as a flim flam man. All right. That that. <laughs> Look that uh, up. Google that, everybody. Flim flam man. Very important uh, to know. I think that I've gotten to a point. I, I'm very cynical and bitter about a lot of things, but I realize that when I step in front of a group of students, 
the, the content really doesn't matter. It's, it's, I look at it like performance in a sense, and that if I can convince them that I care about the time we're going to be together in class and I want them to get as much out of the time as they can, and I can convince them that I'm going to give 150%. And also, I, you know, I, don't, I hide my cynicism. I, I actually can kind of shine and sparkle when I want to. That those initial moments of the first lesson is when you get them. Maybe this mm. comes back to marketing and PR and mm. influencing, mm. that if, if they believe that you're in it for their best interest, and it, 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 it's a chemistry sort of thing, that if, if that happens, then it becomes a fun and lively class. And I guess that's kind of my philosophy. Flim flam is, you know, just me being silly. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of has become my approach. And I actually discovered that. Give me just a couple of minutes, if you don't mind. Please. Um, it's an important topic. I actually, I received a message from my boss today, and this is actually relevant to what I want to say. Um, and the text message was, Scott Lowe, what does it mean to be a reflective person? Now, this is a Saudi guy. He's, 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 he's quite bright, and he's, he's a, a great guy to work with. But it's very odd to get any communication on the weekend here. This would be the equivalent of your Sunday in, in America. Sure. And I said, well, I think a reflective person is somebody who thinks about and analyzes what he or she has done trying to do better the next time, trying to improve, not to make the same mistakes. Uh, why are you asking me, Hussein? And then he texted me back and he said, well, I'm asking for a friend. And as I was thinking about that, I actually wanted to do a segment on it, but I didn't. But mm. reflecting, reflecting, I wanted to ask listeners, what are your takes on reflection? And the reason I'm giving all of this preamble is because in 2011, in September, I started a new podcasting project, and the name of it was Slices of Life. And I wanted to do a, a self-reflective podcast about my own journey as a teacher, sort of that first question you asked me. And as I was making the first recording, I said, I think for what I want to do, I should ask the question, what are my core beliefs as a teacher? Mm -hmm. And then I paused and I said, you know, I, I don't really think I have an answer. I'm oh, just wow. doing this to survive. I fell into this thing. I wasn't wanting to be an English teacher in Japan, supporting a family mm -hmm. and all, all sorts of other things. But... That's my answer. I don't have an answer, and I need to uh, settle this matter. So I did 46 episodes over the course of five months. And uh, the point that I came to quite quickly is what I told you before about yeah. letting them know that you're engaged, you're there for them all the way, and then that makes it easy and, not, <laughs> easy and fun, maybe not, but it makes it a, a, a worthwhile experience, in my opinion. I would love to know... How is it different teaching in Japan versus teaching in Saudi Arabia? The difference between the students. Oh, I, 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 um, I it's hard for me to compare right now. And I, I would just mm -hmm. wind up sounding pretentious or, or misinformed. Okay. Uh, my life in Japan was, was a struggle and I was just okay. going through the motions in a, to a certain extent. Um, here in Saudi Arabia, my life is still a struggle and I'm going through the motions, but the pay is very good, but the lifestyle is very dull and boring. Hard, um, yeah. Yeah, and I've just, uh, will re-sign re my contract for another year next Sunday, so this will be the beginning of my sixth year. Um, it's come to the point where, frankly, I'm not teaching that much anymore because our program is in a, a state of flux. The, 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 the job is really weird and chaotic and crazy, but I've mm -hmm. gotten to a point where I can just sort of go through the motions. I do my best when people ask me to do stuff. I try to be collegial and professional, and I do pretty well at that. And uh, I get a nice paycheck. So <laughs> that's yeah. that. And the, the, I guess the good thing is, which I'm just now realizing, 
although I've said it several times over the last five years, but never carried through on it, is that as far as day jobs go, this is great. And when I say day job, I mean something that you have to do to put bread on the table and send child support back to Japan. But sure. it's, it's not that demanding. And I finish at three o'clock in the afternoon every day and I've got nothing else to do. So I've got prime time to be hustling in terms of what do I want to do creatively? And You're, this is... This is the corner I've turned in the last several weeks that now I've got some things that I'm working on uh, in my own time, in my own head and, and writing stuff down. So you're you've got a Gary, you're a Gary V side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're a hustler. <laughs> Flim flam. Yeah. Hustler. No, no, that's good. I got that notion of the side hustle from Paul Omani with his business podcast that he does. Yeah. And he said, Gary Vaynerchuk. I said, what's a Gary Vaynerchuk? And then mm. I had heard people on Anchor talking about Gary V. I've not looked into his thing at all, but the, Paul described it that way as, you know, using that free time to it's work actually, towards a dream. This is the aspect of Gary V that I actually do really like a lot, that basically his, his point is often people, when they have a side hustle, something that they're doing on the side that they're working, either in the evening or on the weekends, and he's like, I don't care if you have to do it because you have to make a little extra money or you're doing it because you're just passionate about it. Everybody can have something that they're doing on the side. Don't let the nine to five, you know, obligatory job drag you down. Don't, you know, instead, you know, do that job because you need to do it. But also, you know, maybe there's a side thing that you could do that could later on grow into something else. And it's yeah. great. He's he's completely right. I'm and he sorry. really and he really in, inspires millennials and and to mm -hmm. do that and think that way. And so everybody, oh I hate Gary. Oh, he's a well then he's not he is for a particular subset group of of people in particular males, men mm -hmm. in the United States and quite frankly, so what? But if you read between the lines of Gary and let me tell you, me as a Midwest woman from Ohio, there's <laughs> the the shtick of Gary is not appealing to me. But what is appealing is he does have a strong message of, you know, keep going and find a side hustle and you're going to find a passion um, for your own life. And, you know, what's wrong with that? Absolutely. That was a splendid summary of the side hustle. I was sort of groping to try to put it into terms. And I guess that's what I was trying to say is that actually these circumstances that I have are perfect for a side hustle yeah. and I finally have said okay this is what I'm gonna do I might as well I got to be here anyway get rid of all of that negative yeah. interior monologue it doesn't do yeah. any good and just go for it sounds wonderful I'm looking forward to it Scott I'm looking forward to the Scott Lowe moving forward what's the next chapter here I'd love to I hope we get to hear more about it well we're gonna wrap up in just a minute but if I, I, I keep replaying that um, hey guys, check this out recording, which was the promo, mm -hmm. which you heard, which led you to yeah. this conversation we're having in the caption. I put something down at the bottom. N S O S. Mm, I noticed that. Yeah. New sound of Scott. Mm, but I'm that's a, that. just between you and me. Okay. Shh. <laughs> Shh. Won't tell anybody. Okay. Hello, you are delightful. You know that. You know you're delightful. And, and just so you know, I, I come from a family of educators. My mom went back to school after having eight children and got her teaching degree. I have uh, uncle, uh, uh, cousins. I have a sister who's a teacher, high school teacher. She teaches English as well. 
My husband has been, is a college professor. I I just, I have, I love it. And I love, and and I now I'm realizing that I'm drawn to you in many ways, Scott, because I love teachers and I love what Mm -hmm. you do. And I know it's hard work. It's thankless, thankless work, no matter which venue you're in, no matter what situation you're in. So congratulations to you in the work that you do and in the future hustle. Well, thank you for all of that. You make it sound much more highfalutin than it feels like to me, but I'll I'll take that. Thank you kindly, Barbara. Yeah. And you too, I find delightful, and I've just totally enjoyed this time. I wish we could continue, but in the interest of time, let's wrap up for now, and hopefully we can do it again in the future. I look forward to that. Barbara KB, the final word is yours. Scott Lowe. (laughs) Wow, I'm tongue-tied. I get the final word. That's dangerous. Have a great day. Enjoy the weather. It's a beautiful day. And Scott Lowe, just keep hustling. Keep hustling, Scott Lowe.